Hey everyone, it's Michelle. And Brayden. And this is Spooky Shit. This week we are bringing you all some more creepy pasta. Yeah, and I'll start it off. Yep, and I'll go second. We'll just do a back and forth situation. <laughs> As you know. <laughs> As we always do. Yeah. Warning. This episode may contain graphic details. Listener discretion is advised. First things first, though. How you doing? I'm I'm really tired, but I'm good. Are you just <laughs> tired of school and work? Yeah, and especially because like on my days off, it's not really. It has not been like a re- a day off. Really? Like yes, because like on Tuesday, I have school on Zoom, so like. I don't have to go into school, but um, we, like, changed educators, and he actually, like, supposed to turn on our cameras, so I had to, like, actually get up. You should just show up, like, laying in bed, just be like, well, I'm here. Right? But, yeah, it just, like, it sucks, because before with the other educator, I would just, like, turn it on and honestly not pay attention <laughs> <laughs> it's probably but, a better thing that you have to do this but that does suck to get used to yeah uh, well i mean we are transitioning to full-time i think starting next month full-time we're, students yeah like no more zoom we're going in every day Ooh. oh shit how you feeling about that yeah <laughs> i just know i'm gonna be really tired but like i was saying i had yeah. like tuesday off and there wasn't really a day off because we helped my brother-in-law move and it took basically all day until Jesus really Christ. late. Like, I think Yikes. we got home and it was like midnight. Oh, that's really late. <laughs> yeah, so it's like, dude, I, I'm just tired because like, like today is my day off, but, you know, I have to record this and then... Yep. um. Alaris's cousins are probably gonna come over, so it's gonna be another late night. And so then you're still, like, you're gonna be like talking and social and yeah. So yeah. I'm just I'm like physically beat too. And then like yesterday, I actually called out because it was my sister's birthday. Oh um, okay. But yeah, we came home and like watched a movie, and I just couldn't really go to sleep, and we didn't go to sleep until like eleven. So nice. I'm just freaking tired. <laughs> But yeah, other than that, I'm good. Just been busy. Like, <sighs> are you gonna have a chance to rest soon? I don't think so. Like, I work this weekend. This stupid ass shift, twelve thirty to nine. So it's like literally, basically, and you can't really <laughs> too much in the morning, and like can't do much after either. Yeah, it's so annoying. Um, have you still been thinking about quitting? I have, or I've been thinking of switching back to mornings. Oh, okay. Because actually on, I think it was Monday, um, I saw my manager, my old manager from the AM. And yeah, she basically, like, we got so happy to see each other because usually we never see each other because yep. we were opposite schedules. But she was there because, like, the CEO of Costco was, like, visiting all the Costcos over here. Oh, wow. So they like all all the managers were there, and I saw her. Yeah, and she was like, 
OMG, she was like, dude, they like stole you from me. She's like, <laughs> they didn't even give me a chance to fight for you. They just That's like took up. you. And I was like, I know. I was like, I miss it. She was like, right after like they took you, there was like postings, like op- openings. And she was like, I was going to like steal you. Well, yeah, there was. But she said that they basically, she didn't, she heard that I had changed my school schedule and she was like, I didn't want to like do oh. that to you. Yeah, but now you might be interested in changing it again. I know I'm debating like I do, but then I don't because I like the AM crew. So I'm like, I don't know what I want to do. Or I'm like thinking of just maybe toughing it out until like I graduate and then switching over. You graduate like end of the year, right? Like December? November. November. You could. You could do it. But yeah, it's a bit away. (laughs) <laughs> or I'll just quit. I don't know. <laughs> you, yeah, you definitely need rest. Yeah, I'm tired. But yeah, I cut my cousin's hair on Wednesday, and it went, it went good. Good. I posted it. I saw it. It looked really yeah. nice, actually. I liked it. Yeah. I wasn't sure. Robert was honestly. He was asking me like, whenever I was saying we were doing someone's hair last week, he was like, "Is he good at it?" And I was like. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I, I saw the undercut. I knew the undercut was good, that one that you sent me, but I didn't. I don't think I saw the normal haircuts. <laughs> uh, well, I haven't really posted any of them besides my cousins. Mm-hmm. Cause, like, it was really good, though. Yeah, he, he liked it. Everyone else liked it. Yeah. Were you faster this time? No, not really. It took forever. Still got to work on that speed. Yeah, well, I mean, he's literally only the third person's hair. No, yeah. It's going to take a while. You got time. You literally only, like, just started doing it. Yeah, it looks like I started at 11, and I completely finished around, like, 2. Nice. So it wasn't... It was a good chunk. (laughs) But it looks good. Yeah, it looks good. At least you're not, like, spending that much time and then, like, you're not good at either. You know, that would just be weird. True. You put the effort in and it shows. Well, yeah, it was cool. Um, I really do enjoy, like, when I'm, like, cutting hair. Yeah, my brother-in-law just asked me for a cut. Oh, hell yeah, more practice. Yeah, I'll probably cut his hair soon. Have Um, you got any more uh, customers in at the school? Or clients? I don't know the word you guys use. No, not yet. Okay. But yeah, just my cousin. Still, I'm glad that you have so many people that need haircuts. Yeah, I have, a lot, I have a lot of males in my family. Thank God. <laughs> yeah, I have more cousins too. Maybe I'll hit them up. But well, I'm trying to wait too because I know I think next one more week mm-hmm. and then we start a new rotation. And then I think I'm going to start color. So I don't really want to like post about like taking that I'm taking clients yet because like then like I'll post about it and then be stuck in color class. So then I can't really cut anybody's hair. Yeah. So that's true. But and then um, after you could dye them different colors too. Yeah. Like they can. should wait. Yeah. Exciting. I even have a few of my coworkers that are like, when are you going to cut my hair? And I'm like, come visit really? me at school. Yeah, <laughs> That's so dope. 
Yeah. How are you? I am Schwell. My birthday's in two days. Schwell? Yeah, I'm Schwell. <laughs> what does that even mean? I don't know. I'm just being so crazy, wacky, random. You know me. <laughs> you remember that thing people used to do where they're like, I'm so random. Squirrel. <laughs> Rar means I love you in dinosaur. Like, True. so quirky. The emo days. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's my birthday in a couple days, so I'm fucking hyped for that. I We're going to go to a cat cafe. I've never been to one before. Oh. And you just get to go and pet a bunch of cats while you're at a cafe. And I just want to pet a bunch of cats. They're all up for adoption. We can't have pets, though. But the temptation, I'm sure, is going to be there. <laughs> and, yeah. I'm, I'm really excited for that. And then we're like, we're going to go out to dinner to this, like, Italian place that has a bunch of vegan food. They even have vegan dessert, which is rare. <laughs> it's rare for anyone to have vegan dessert. And they have, like, tiramisu and shit. It's sick. Mm. We went there once before and they're dank. That sounds, sounds good. Mm-hmm. And then I have a huge stream party planned. My birthday party on stream. You're invited if you'd like. I don't know how interested you'd be because it's a lot of RuneScape stuff. <laughs> <laughs> But we're like doing, so I'm turning 26 and uh, we're going to do like a drop party in the game, which people do all the time. They just like drop a bunch of items that are like worth a lot and people can pick it up and get free shit. Uh, And I was going to do a 26 mil drop party. And then I was telling people about it and we had so much generous people that were watching the stream that gave us a bunch of items and games. So our giveaway is now worth over a hundred mil. Like we've quadrupled the amounts. That's cool though. It is cool. But now I'm not to have like multiple people helping me during this drop party and like running around and dropping stuff too. Cause I'm like, I can't do this alone okay. anymore. <laughs> but I'm really excited about it. And I've been advertising a lot. So hopefully a lot of people show up. I had a really good stream the other day. It was like six hours and like 20 people were watching it the entire time, which is fucking nutty. Wow. I know. That's good. I've made it, you guys. That's not true. I haven't. But it was a really good stream. Yeah, but you're getting there. I'm getting there. I really, I wanted to become partner this year. So right now we're affiliate. Affiliate is once you have 50 followers and an average of three viewers the last 30 days. And like there's some other ones. Like you have to stream a certain amount of days. But we had no problem with that. And they, that just means that like you could have like little custom emotes on your channel. People could start giving you money. And then partners, like, the even higher-up version of affiliate, but you have to be 75 average viewers. So that's going to take a while. (laughs) Yeah. Thanks to the last, like, few really good ones, though, our average is up to 12 for the last 30 days, which is pretty cool. So I need, like, I don't know, like, seven more. Seven times that. That's a lot when you say it like that. (laughs) (laughs) A little bit more. But I'm excited for it. I'm excited to have a little online birthday party. (laughs) That's cool. Maybe I'll attend. Hell yeah. I'll send you the invite. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. Then I also, I think I said last week that I kind of got hired at a job. I went in and like, I went and got drug tested and I did this physical test where I had to like lift up boxes that weighed a certain amount. Oh my God. The last one was were, was like 48 pounds and I had gotten so weak thanks to like quarantine and COVID and stuff and not wanting to go to the gym around a bunch of massless people 
Bruh, I picked up the 48 pound one and I had sat down and I said, oh shit. And I had to like <laughs> readjust and be like, all right, let me prepare for this more mentally. I was not ready. <laughs> <laughs> Thankfully, the first one was nice. It was just like they had um like a medical person watching me do it to make sure that I'm not like moving my back weird or anything. Basically making sure I'm not a liability and I'm going to get injured on the job. That's but, fair. Yeah, I was able to do it. Passed the drug test, and then I also went and got fitted for a uniform. They had, like, a little fitting room that I just tried stuff on. It was weird. Never really had a uniform. Our old job, we had to wear scrubs sometimes. But, like, once I moved apartments, I didn't have to wear scrubs anymore. <laughs> Lucky you. I know. They tried to get us to wear scrubs sometimes. And I'm like, bro, we're not even, like, near product. True. But um, they haven't reached out to me really since. So I don't know. I literally don't even know I'm supposed to start working. They said the uniform would take like two and a half weeks. But the person told me that was like, yeah, on your first day, you'll probably just have to like wear like plain clothes, like making it sound like I'm going to start before that. Hmm. And then I had to reach out to the H&R and be like, yo, I just got an email from this random website saying that you guys made me an account. So I logged in and did like a bunch of onboarding forms and no one has said anything back. But I'm not... I'm not really going to question it until like next week because like I don't want to work on my birthday and we're going to Disneyland on Tuesday. So I'm like, okay, I'll like actually hit them up and start being more like persistent on like Wednesday because I would probably want to say that'd be my start day anyway. And I don't want them to try and ask me to come in earlier. So I'm like, we'll just go with the flow and see if they say anything until (laughs) then. (laughs) True. We're just vibing. (laughs) Yeah, I'm. I didn't feel anxious the entire time I went to check in, which is cool. I'm just trying to be fucking chill. I'm just trying to be how most people probably are with their part-time jobs. Just chill. Just chill, bro. Just relax. Not stressed. Yes. Not a big deal. You got this. (gasps) Did I tell you where we're going this summer? No. We're going to go to Yosemite. Oh, we're going because Robert's friends got permits to climb the summit of Half Dome. So we're climbing Half Dome. Oh, snap. The I don't last. Know what that is, but cool. Dude, I'm going to send you pictures. The last 400 feet of this hike are cables going up a cliff face that people have fallen off and died, basically. What the fuck? Because you can strap yourself in, and a lot of people don't strap themselves in. And I told Robert, oh. I was like, we're like quadruple strapping ourselves. <laughs> like, no way. Basically, people, oh, it was awful. I was like reading about it because I had to know, you know, the last person that died was a few years ago and she like started freaking out because it was raining when it gets wet. It's like basically a fucking slip and slide mm. and uh, started freaking out and tried to get down and slipped and was like sliding down the side and no one could reach her and she just fell to her death. Damn. I'm like, bro. So if it's raining too, like we're not doing it at all, but it's like. It's amazing. It's really cool. It's hard to even like get permits for it. It's like a raffle system. I sent uh, you a picture of the cables. People have just said that at the end. It's Oh shit. It's a little bit like climbing a ladder. <laughs> Damn. Up 400 feet. It's wild. Yeah, and they you... I'm scared. <laughs> you you is wild. I sent a different picture as well so you could see from far away. And anyone could just look this up. Just look up Half Dome. And all you have to do is look up Half Dome Hike. And the pictures are all just of the cables. Because that's the craziest part. Damn. Dude. The hike itself is also 16 and a half miles there and back. 
Sheesh. So I'm climbing up that after I've already been walking for eight miles. <laughs> so I'm trying to exercise more, <laughs> you know, be prepared. And I'm not putting too much stress on myself to climb it because I don't want to be that person that panics and like falls off because that would be awful. Yeah, there's been 13 deaths and at least 290 accidents in the oh, past yeah. 15 years. Oh. <laughs> Damn, that's almost one a year. Don't say that. I was just thinking that too. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, it's so scary. But yeah, from what I could tell, most of the deaths are people who weren't strapped in. So I'm like, okay, I could probably be safe like that. And I'm gonna like, I'm not even joking. I'm gonna like multi-strap myself in. Like, I don't want to have to unclip and not be clipped in for a second. So I'll do two clips. So if I unclip, I'm still technically clipped in. But then my other fear is what if I slip and fall and I pull the cable out or something? I don't know. Then we'd all die. That that wouldn't just even be a me issue. We'd all go down together. (laughs) But yeah, the views from it are like insane. It's like 4,000 feet up or something. Yeah, I'm like hesitantly excited. So we'll see. Me too. I'm very hesitant. Would you do it? I don't think so. No? No. Dude, and the worst is looking at pictures of hikes like this. And you know, they always have a little cliff hanging off. People are always like, I'm going to go stand on this cliff part. And I'm like, you're insane. <laughs> it always stresses me out. There's like this one I'm looking at right now where all these rocks, I mean, it probably looks pretty fucking flat. But from the side, you could tell that all these rocks are just like haphazardly stopped, like stacked on top of each other. And you're just standing on them. And I'm like, if you fall... You're out, bro. You're out of the game. You're yeah, done. You're done. You're done. You're done. So I already told Robert, too. I was like, you're not stepping near the edge. We're not doing any of those little dangly feet pictures. We're staying a respectful distance away from the edge of these cliffs. <laughs> Smart cliffs. Yeah. I'm doing it as safe as possible because I'm scared. And every night that I've gone to sleep since finding out, I just think about sliding to my death and no one will be able to help <laughs> me. So it's really, it's been a fun few nights. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, hopefully I don't die and people listen back to this and be like, oh, my God, wow, she was scared of it. <laughs> I hate I hate that thought that I could talk about something that scares me and then people will go and listen back and be like, oh, my God, she died from the thing that scared her. <laughs> True. I feel like I'd be giving you all some satisfaction that I don't want to be giving you. <laughs> <laughs> but in reality, I'm just scared of dying from everything. So no matter how I die, you guys can be like, wow, she was scared of that thing. She was just scared of dying. She was just scared of everything. She was a scaredy cat. I am a scaredy cat. But yeah, that's that's the big the big thing that's happening. The scary thing that's happening. It'll that's- it will hopefully be fun. <laughs> I think it will be like it's it definitely sounds like it'd be like a cool experience or like to say you you've done that you know yeah definitely but like I was saying I could barely pick up that 48 pound box so I need to work on getting some upper body <laughs> strength for real yeah we're gonna I mean, start going on like a high walks what's the word steep walks oh I was like high walks high walks that just sounds like we're gonna what? get stoned and walk around. yeah I was like you know walk while you're high <laughs> to prepare us yeah it makes sense it's a training method build, build up that lung capacity. <laughs> lung capacity <laughs> did you do anything for 420 no 
You didn't even get fucking high as fuck? No, I think because I worked. Oh, would you have if you didn't? <laughs> I, I think I would have. I might have. Ooh, scandalous. Telling the FBI. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Not even phase. <laughs> tell them. I'll tell them. I'm going to email I them right now. dare you. They're like, this bitch keeps emailing us about people smoking weed. Stop it. <laughs> Yo, that reminds me. I guess I had more going on than I realized. Last week, we went to this little like farmers market thing, kind of. That was uh, it was like a annual farmer markers farmers market thing. I don't know. But anyway, there is this like older white dude there, and he was walking with like two little kids. I think they were like biracial, like half black, half white. But it was weird. And because the way he was like acting with them, I couldn't tell if like because, you know, kids are kind of fucking annoying and I couldn't tell if the way he was grabbing them was like normal or not. And then to make it sketchier, he was holding a steak knife the entire time, just like a regular steak knife. And which is we were watching him for like 15 minutes and he was just holding a knife this entire time and seemingly no one else that was there ever noticed. The fuck? It was sketchy as shit. We saw cops walk by him, just didn't notice. I'm like, bro, please have a look at this man's hand. That's so that weird. was cool. I hope it, that he was just a fucking weirdo and those were his kids. Because it was weird. We did tell somebody. But like they didn't. He already was like leaving whenever we told them. So that was cool. Yeah. And I was getting some of the fucking. I was about to fall for the bystander effect thing. I was like we should say something. And I was like oh well someone else will. And then I was like oh my god. I'm doing the thing. Yeah. <laughs> so, thankfully, Robert said something. Even even though I didn't say shit. And I wasn't about to say anything to the dude with the knife. He was, like, walking kind of near us, and I just kept turning, because I was like, you're not stabbing me in the back. You're not stabbing me in the back. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. That, that happened. That was uncomfortable. But, yeah. I don't have anything else. So, if you're done, too, we could just jump into these stories. That was such an like a weirdly anticlimactic story. I just wanted to share how fucking weird it was with everyone. Yeah, that was pretty weird. I'd be like, uh, what the fuck? Yeah. I wanted to just leave. I was like, I wish we didn't come here. <laughs> Damn. But yeah, I don't think I have anything else. Okay. So I guess I shall start. Let's just get fucking creepy. Let's get spooky, you little shits. <laughs> there we go alright this one's my first one's pretty short it is called or titled are you awake I used to be such a sound sleeper I'd close my eyes rest my head on the pillow and when I opened my eyes again a second later it'd be lights out that's how it used to be at least a week ago as I was about to get into bed I heard a loud noise come from downstairs when I went down to investigate, I found one of the living room windows wide open and the lamp on the table next to it lying on the floor shattered. Oh. I sighed loudly and shut the window tight. I got that's, a That's all? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Right? Cool. I'd be I'd be a little more sketched out, but <laughs> window open, lamp on the ground. <sighs> oh well. Let's close this up. <laughs> I got a dustpan and brush, cleaned up most of what was left of the lamp, and threw it in the trash. 
I was exhausted by this point, so I groggily walked back up the stairs into my bedroom and into bed. The warmth of the bed was comforting. I was completely relaxed. That's why I was so curious as to why I couldn't fall asleep. As I said before, I was a sound sleeper. I never had any trouble sleeping, especially when I was tired and wanted to go to sleep. So what was eating at me in the back of my mind, keeping me awake? That was when the hairs on the back of my neck stood on end and a terrifying shiver went down my spine. Are you awake? A quiet voice whispered in my ear. I froze. Whoever was speaking was so close I could feel the warm breath on my ear. I didn't react. I tried my hardest to pretend I was asleep. To hope whoever this was would just leave me alone. After a few minutes, I could no longer feel their breath on my ear, but I still didn't move. I didn't want to until I saw the sunrise. I have never been happier than when I saw that first ray of light the next morning. I jumped out of bed, got dressed, grabbed my car keys, and shot out the front door. Having just enough time to look at the now empty table, which once had a lamp. I drove to my closest friend's house and told them what had happened. He assured me that I could stay with him for a few nights and called the police for me while I sipped some coffee. The police questioned me, as you could expect, and I gave them my house keys so they could search to see if they could find any evidence. They came back that afternoon to return my keys and told me that they had found no sign that anyone was in, still in my house. Unconvinced, or maybe just nervous, I stayed at my friend's house for the rest of the week, finally returning home on Sunday. My friend offered to stay with me, but I assured him it wouldn't be a problem. I did cautiously check the house again, though, just to be sure. Once I was finally confident, I crawled into bed and closed my eyes to drift into what I hoped to be my first pleasant sleep of this week. Suddenly, I felt a sharp pain in my side. I reached down to see what was wrong and saw my hands covered in blood. <gasps> I guess you were awake, the voice whispered. <laughs> what? 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 Mm -hmm. Is that it? Yep, that's it. The fuck? It's it's bittersweet because these stories always make me like, I want you to explain what happened here. But then if they did explain what happened here, it probably wouldn't be as interesting. Yeah, it wouldn't be. It'd just be like, oh, okay. Oh. <laughs> Do you ever think like, I think about this often, like if someone like broke into my house and I like heard them next to my bed, like pretending to be asleep or something. I don't know. I always think about stuff like that. I keep a knife under my pillow and I'm like, would I be able to like quietly move and grab this knife and open it? It's honestly kind of a pain to open. <laughs> Damn. You don't think fun stuff like this? I do sometimes. <laughs> I guess I've always thought of this stuff like this. I remember being a teenager and I didn't want to sleep facing the wall because I was afraid I'd turn over and like, what if like Chucky the doll was there or something? <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to face the door. For That's safety. fair. <laughs> I always think about shit like that. So this story in particular, I was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> Struck too close to home. All right. Well, my first story is going to be called The Basement by Faith Kekik. Is that Kek? I don't know. 
<laughs> keek, keek. Maybe. It's I'm dedicated to Link is Sexy XD. Oh, okay. <laughs> this is, I'm literally got this on like Wattpad. Interesting. Wattpad. All right. It's also, it's from a book of Creepypasta, so I don't know if this is like published or what. Oh. Anyway. Since I was little, I've always lived with my grandmother. My mother divorced while I was very little, but remarried shortly after. Due to their financial situation, my grandmother turned her garage into a place for my mom and husband to stay in until they could get on their feet and get a house. There wasn't enough room for me there, so I kept staying at my grandma's house. My mom and stepdad got their finances in order and bought a new house. I was already attached to the neighborhood and had a few friends, so I was asked whether I wanted to move with them or not. I chose not to and finished the rest of my school life living at my grandma's house. I moved out for a while with some acquaintances, but that fell through after about a year. I need to move again and thought this would be the perfect time to finally live with my mom for a little while and get to know both my mom and stepdad better. Back then, I was just dating my wife and planned on getting married as soon as we were able to save the cash for our wedding, so it wasn't going to be a very long time. We figured it'd be quickest if we stayed living with our parents so we could fund the wedding ourselves without incurring any debt in addition to our school loans. My sister had gone away to college, so I was able to crash in her old room in the basement. The basement had a really nice setup. You could walk down the open stairway from upstairs, and to your left was a door that led into the basement, to the right was another door that led to the laundry room with a bathroom, an extra refrigerator, and the door to my bedroom. To the left was the entertainment room and wet bar my stepdad had built. There's a really nice setup with surround sound that I've watched plenty of action movies on when I'd come over to visit. I got my stuff set up on a Friday night, pretty impressed I was able to get it all moved in a single day. I was pretty beat and quickly fell asleep. The next day, roughly middle to late afternoon, I was coming down the stairs to go to my room and play some video games when I stopped at the entrance to the basement. I looked left towards the wet bar where there was an empty space with an old rocking chair. The room was dimly lit by the sunlight pouring into the basement doorway. The rocking chair didn't move or anything like that, but I just had this eerie feeling that something was over there. I didn't feel as though whatever was there was staring at me. I could just feel a presence in the room. I really didn't like it. I moved through the laundry room and into my room and closed the door. I decided I'm being stupid, played some video games, and forgot all about it. It must have been roughly 1am when I decided to go to bed. My parents typically stayed up until 3 or 4 so I could hear them clicking away on their laptops upstairs, playing casual games together into all hours of the night as I headed to the bathroom outside my room to brush my teeth. My mother noted that it can be pretty hard to wake up in the morning with the door to the laundry room and my room shut since the sunlight won't pour in. Knowing this, I left the laundry room door open. As I walked past the laundry room door that leads out to the entertainment room, I could feel the presence again. It was definitely more pronounced this time. I could feel the hair standing up on the back of my neck. I quickly moved into the bathroom and shut the door. I finished up my nightly duty and bolted back to my room, only a few feet away. I shut my bedroom door and contemplated leaving it closed. I really hated not waking up on time in the morning, and I know I won't if the room stays permanently dark because the door is blocking sunlight from coming in. I cracked the door open, not too wide, but wide enough that the sunlight will shine through in the morning, turned my box fan low, and crawled into bed. I've always been kind of paranoid, so I made sure when I set my room that my bed faced the door, feet pointing towards the same wall so I can look out of the room. I closed my eyes and tried to fall asleep, making sure I was tucked in towards the wall, as far from the door and edge of the bed as possible. After a couple of minutes, I could feel it again. I'm being watched. I cracked my right eye open, ever so slightly, so I didn't look awake should it be true that I was being watched. My door was open and much farther now, almost all the way. 
Likely this was due to the fan blowing, I thought to myself, but I was still uneasy. I opened my eyes slowly, watching the darkness slowly shift and flow while my eyes tried to adjust to the inky blackness. I simply could not see through the darkness. I could feel the presence now, the feelings of not just being watched, but someone or something being there was now stronger than ever, just beyond my doorway. I closed my eyes again and tried to remain calm. I'm being stupid, I thought to myself. I've never been scared the night before. Why would I be now? As I tried to mentally psych myself out so I could get some damn sleep, I felt the presence shift. I kept my eyes shut, for I wished not to know what lay beneath the veil of night. The formless void crept into the room slowly, moving itself across the room diagonally away from my bed. The presence remained there for a long time, all the while I dared not move, afraid I would garner more attention from the presence. After what seemed like an eternity, the presence began to shift and move to other parts of my room, yet never coming any closer to the bed. I pushed myself to ignore what I was feeling and busied my thoughts with video games and what I would be doing the next day. After a short while, I was able to drift into a dreamless slumber. From then on, every night I could feel this presence watch me from just outside my doorway. Always coming in for a time and shifting around my room, never coming close to me. I got used to thinking I was either just acting like a child or the stress of the wedding planning was forcing my mind to play tricks on me. Even though I was convinced of these facts, I never opened my eyes when I felt the presence come in, nor do I sleep without my back facing the wall. This had gone on for roughly eight months before I simply got tired of it. I was tired of feeling this presence watching me, hating the eerie feeling it gave me. I decided that enough was enough, and even though I was worried I'd sleep late without sunlight helping me wake up in the morning, so I left my door closed for the night. I kept my same sleeping position, back against the wall just in case. For a few minutes, it seemed like the feeling wouldn't present itself, but shortly after I convinced myself of the fact, I could feel the presence again just beyond the doorway waiting in the laundry room. I felt a little more secure in that I knew it couldn't see me anymore, but I still didn't like the fact that I could feel it waiting, lingering in the shadows just outside my door. The next night, I decided to not only close my door, but also close the laundry room door that led out to the entertainment room and upstairs. It didn't help much. That night, I could feel the presence lurking in the entertainment room, pacing around the wall and door that separated me from the rest of the basement. It was still unsettling, but the feeling was lessened enough that I was able to sleep much better. I began to shut both doors at night, but this came at a heavy price. I no longer woke up to my alarm on time, sometimes hours late for work. This wouldn't do, so I decided to buy one of those outdoor light timers to turn on my standing really up across the room at a certain time. This worked for about a week or so, but the timing quickly became off. No matter how many times I set to the correct time, it would either go off way too early, way too late, or not at all. I decided it was time to just man up, open both doors, and let the sunlight help wake me up again. As soon as I turned my light out, the presence returned. It felt stronger than ever, as if it were infuriated that I shut it out of my room. However, the presence still stayed across the room from my bed, so I just forced myself to fall asleep each night, ignoring the lurking in the pitch-black corners of the room. In a fit of rebellion against the presence, I began shutting the doors on weekends when I could afford to accidentally sleep in. Of course, the presence did not enjoy this decision of mine one bit. After a few weeks of shutting the thing out on weekends, the one thing I'd hoped would never happen began to occur. The presence began to move closer to my bed. It was a Tuesday night when it first started. It moved ever so slightly from its preferred corner to the middle of the room. For the next few nights, it stayed in the center of the room and stopped roaming the opposite wall. The weekend was pretty peaceful. I didn't even feel it roaming in the entertainment room the whole weekend. It was as if the presence scared itself by getting too close. That Sunday, though, everything changed. As I turned the light out, preparing for the inevitable presence to come waltzing back into the room, 
It came quicker than it ever had before. It didn't go across the room to its usual spot or the middle of the room. It came closer than ever, with just my nightstand in between itself and me. I was definitely frightened and couldn't think. All I could do was remain motionless and let the void drink me in, eyes shut tight. After a few minutes, unsure of the actual span of time, the presence moved to the foot of my bed. It didn't stay still. I could feel it constantly shifting at the foot of my bed, pacing back and forth. I knew not how I could even attempt to sleep, feeling what seemed like contempt or possibly hatred coming from the foot of my bed. Thankfully, the presence calmed itself and moved back to the center of the room for the rest of the night. I only had to put up with this for another few weeks as my wedding date was fast approaching. I was very much ready to be rid of my parents' home. Whatever it is in their basement is becoming too much for me to handle. Over the course of the next few weeks leading up to my wedding, the presence would always come quickly and hover near my bed and at the foot of my bed. I slept less, ate less, and was becoming generally unpleasant to be around with this present haunting me, compounding with the stress of the wedding. It was my second to last night being at my mother's house when I decided I wanted to know what was coming into my room. I didn't know why it never occurred to me before. I dug through some old stuff of mine from when I was a child and my mother had laying around the closet and grabbed a nightlight. I plugged that bastard in over by the corner the presents used to hang out at. Now I'd be able to see, even if it was only a little bit, what was entering my room. I also wondered if it even would enter due to the fact that the light was on. But with this nightmare almost over, I was feeling braver than ever. It was about 2 a.m. when I decided to go to sleep, so I plugged the nightlight in and hesitated at opening the door. There was no going back from this. Once I turn my light out, either the presence will rush in or won't, choosing to shy away from the nightlight. I breathed deeply, opened both doors, and darted from my bed. I again hesitated turning my lights out. I still had the chance to back out. I didn't have to work the next morning because it was the day before the wedding. I could still close both doors and sleep soundly. I mulled over this thought for a minute or two and ultimately decided that if I didn't do it now, I'd never know. I turned the light out and for the first time, kept my eyes open while drawing the covers up around me as close as possible. I couldn't see yet as my eyes had not adjusted to the dim lighting. I could already feel the presence outside my doorway, waiting in the laundry room. My eyes began to cut through the shadows and I could see the void had a shape. It was squat, sat low to the ground, but I couldn't see a full outline of the thing. I was terrified, never actually believing something would be there. I didn't budge and just stared at the thing, obscured by the darkness of the laundry room. I couldn't help myself and close my eyes tight. I debated whether to open them or not for a good long while, but I knew for sure I wasn't going to move a muscle. I decided to peek again, and what I saw still chills me to the core this day. The squat creature I could now see was actually just crouched down with its hands placed on the floor between its feet, sitting in the middle of my room. I looked directly into its wide, unblinking eyes, completely horrified that my mother was crouched on the floor, staring intently at me, her head cocked to the side with a tiny grin on her face. Her curly, dark blonde hair was disheveled and all over the place. Had this been going on for over a year? My mother staring creepily at me while I slept? Did she do this to my sister? Was she possessed? A million questions raced through my mind in the span of seconds, but as soon as I discovered it had been my mother watching me the entire time, she began to move out of the room. She slowly shifted her hands and feet, keeping them close to the floor, moving sideways to keep staring at me with her insane glare. She paused against the door for the longest minute of my life and then vanished into the darkness of the laundry room. I couldn't feel her creepy stare coming from the laundry room. She must have moved on back up to the entertainment room or straight back upstairs. I really hoped it was back upstairs, but I wasn't brave enough to find out yet. If my mom was crazy or something, I'd rather not provoke her. Who knows what she may do in that state of mind.
I checked the time on my phone. It had been over an hour since she left my room and I'd stopped feeling her presence. I clicked my light on and sat up in bed. I thought maybe it'd be best to at least check on her, see if she did make it back to bed or not. That's how you die in horror movies, I thought. I could see into the laundry room and knew she wasn't hiding in there, so I thought it best to at least close the doors. She'd never bothered to open them before. I got up and slowly made my way over to the laundry room door. Not thinking about it, I glanced out into the entertainment room and could see my mother crouched in the same position on the far side of the room by the rocking chair, staring intently at me in the doorway. She kept tilting her head back and forth slowly, never breaking eye contact. I froze, a brand new wave of terror keeping me bolted to the floor. My mother began to shuffle towards me, tilting her head back and forth all while, her smile now wide and seemingly menacing. I shut the door before she could reach me, ran to my room, and locked the door. I heard a thud as she slammed into the door. Once, twice, three times she slammed against the door. I was stricken with fear, gripping onto a pair of wooden nunchucks I bought from a flea market when I was younger. I couldn't hit my mother, could I? Either way, it made me feel safer. The thumping on the laundry door stopped. A minute later, I could hear the creaks on the hinges as the door slowly opened. The handle of my door began to turn back and forth, trying to push open the door. I sat up the entire night with the light on, quivering in the corner of my room, watching the door handle twist left and right. Around roughly six in the morning, the handle stopped turning. I waited until nine o'clock, making sure it was daytime out before I unlocked the door and ventured out of the room. I peeked into the laundry room. She wasn't there. Still gripping my nunchucks, I peeked around the now wide open door to the entertainment room, and she wasn't there either. I peeked a third time around the corner of the room that leads to the stairwell, and she also wasn't there. I breathed a sigh of relief and walked up the stairs to the living room and kitchen area. My mother was sitting in her usual seat at the dining room table, eating a bowl of cereal. Good morning, how'd you sleep? She asked in her usual chipper tone. Fine, I guess. Did you get up at all last night? She finished chewing the water cereal in her mouth and swallowed. No, I didn't get up. Why do you ask? Nothing. I just thought I heard her in the laundry room, lying to her face. What was I supposed to say? Hey, were you trying to kill me or something last night and staring at me while I slept every night since I've lived here? Okay, could have just been the house settling. You hear almost everything in that basement, she said, shoveling in another mouthful of cereal. Yeah, it was probably nothing, I said, lying again. I let her get back to eating and I began preparing for a long day ahead, getting everything ready for the wedding Saturday. All day, I couldn't shake the feeling of what had happened out of my mind. It wasn't a dream. I mean, I never went to sleep. I didn't have the chance to dream. Nevertheless, I still had one night left in the house and decided I need a backup plan. I asked my best friend and best man to stay the night with me, using an excuse that I needed help waking up in the morning and staying on task for the wedding. I didn't dare tell him about what happened with my mother, partly because I didn't want to scare him and partly because I wasn't sure of it myself. It was just too surreal. We stayed up somewhat late, laughing and joking about the stupid things we did in high school and played some video games. He crashed on the floor and I'd forgotten all about last night. I was completely exhausted and crashed into bed. I waited to fall asleep for a while, wondering if my mother was going to make a repeat appearance with my friend here. She never did. I couldn't feel her presence in the entertainment room either. I fell asleep quickly, assured the presence of my friend was keeping whatever my mother was doing in check. The wedding went off without a hitch. It was the best time of my life. My wife and I drove to Kansas City and stayed for close to a week, having a blast on our honeymoon. I thought nothing of the events had transpired only a few days before and had completely forgotten the entire event until it came time to open our wedding gifts. We poured out the box of cards that had been given to us and were slowly making our way through them, making a list of what each person had given for writing thank you notes. I opened the card my mother gave us. It was one of those cards that had a pocket for money. 
I read the message written on the left of the card and pulled the money out of the pocket. A small slip of folded paper fell to the floor. My wife had to notice, so I picked it up and unfolded the note. In the note was scrawled in big, thick, messy letters, I'll always be with you. I quickly folded the note back and threw it into the trash pile. My wife didn't need to know, and if I told her the story of what happened, she'd just be frightened of the darkness at night. So I kept the story and what was written in the note to myself. A week later, I woke up in our apartment one night in a cold sweat, my wife sleeping soundly besides me. I was feeling thirsty and got up for a drink of water from the kitchen. I made my way into the kitchen and poured a tall, cold glass. As I drank, I heard something shuffle outside by the front door. I didn't think anything of it, for it was probably the neighbors across from me. Then the door handle started to twist. Back and forth, the handle moved, squeaking lightly with each turn. I looked out the peephole, but no one was there. I closed the peephole and grabbed the handle to keep it from turning. I could feel the pressure of someone trying to twist the handle back and forth on the other side of the door. After a moment, they stopped trying to turn the handle. I looked at the people again and saw my mother, crouched low to the ground, staring at me with wide, unblinking eyes and that menacing grin. The end. Sheesh. Sheesh. I don't understand it. <laughs> I don't know. Don't live with your parents. <laughs> Has that ever happened to you in Alaris? Your mom just sits there, crouched down, staring at you guys in the middle of the night? Um, no. You're like, only a few times. Yeah, it was only once. It was only once. It was not big of a deal. <laughs> I'm just kidding. All right. I shall read my second story. Okay. All right. This one that I'm about to read to, I had skimmed through it and it did. The beginning got me, so we'll see. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> it's if just it. like an ass ending. Right? I guess we'll find out together. But. <laughs> Like, it was an interesting beginning, so I was like, fuck it. Okay, cool. So, the second one is called Cheating Death. Okay. I have a peculiar hobby. I mean, I guess you could call it a hobby, though it's probably more of a habit of mine. Before I tell you what it is, let me tell you a bit about myself. My name is Jackson. Don't worry about the last name. You don't need one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not famous or anything, so the last name isn't important. Anyways, I have always loved doing risky stunts. You know those stunts that can be dangerous, potentially life-threatening? Yeah, those stunts. Ever since I can remember, I've always loved to put my life at risk just to get a cheap <laughs> thrill out of it. <laughs> Can't relate. Jackson B. Wilden. Jackson B. Wilden, dude. It's probably a pride thing, but either way, I could just never get enough of them. I was that kid who would throw caution to the wind and partake in the most idiotic and pointless stunts just to fuel my ego. Now, of course, I had my fair share of injuries as a child. Broken arms, broken legs, cracked ribs, chipped teeth, pretty much anything that could be broken without directly life-threatening, I broke it. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I was the envy of all the kids at school. Everybody wanted to be cool and do the stunts that I did, but the adults just looked at me as being total, totally reckless. One teacher even went as far as to call me a complete and total idiot. <laughs> Jesus. I didn't care what they thought as long as I was happy and what they thought of me wasn't 
a priority of mine. I mean, who cares what they thought anyways, right? I digress. The point of me writing this is actually about something that happened to me on that hot summer day in July of 1999. I had been riding my bike in the street, pulling off unimpressive wheelies and bunny hops, when my foot got caught in the chain of my bike. I stumbled over, taking my bike with me in the process, only to lock eyes with an oncoming truck. I screamed. I screamed, dreading what was about to happen, only to open my eyes to nothing. No truck, no car, no anything. I was confused as I was positive that I had just seen the front of a very large black truck. Not only that, but the street was suddenly lifeless. Not a single sign of human life could be seen in any direction of me. This was even more dumbfounding than the truck vanishing as this street was one of the busiest in town, especially at this time of day. I got my foot free from the bike chain and stood up. A stinging pain jolted through my body as I applied pressure to my previously trapped ankle. It wasn't broken, luckily, but it still hurt to walk on four days after the incident. I looked around me, searching everywhere my eyes could reach for something, anything in the surrounding area. It still amazes me to this day how everything just seemed to vanish completely. At first I thought to myself, am I dead? My mind filled with fear at the thought that I had actually just been hit by a car and that I was alone simply because I had died. That thought was short-lived, however, and I could hear the sound of heavy footsteps coming from behind me. I turned and came face to face with what looked like to be a man about mid-thirties approaching me. He was dressed in a fine black suit, and his right hand, he held a cane. The cane was all black as well, except for the raven atop it, which was dark purple. Sounds pretty fucking baller to be honest. <laughs> right? I'm like, I want this. Pimp daddy? <laughs> <laughs> Literally. Actually, it sounds pretty cool. It reminds me of, like, Maleficent. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> My first thought was that he had gone to church and had just gotten out, but I suddenly felt very stupid for thinking this as it, it was Thursday in the middle of the day. I questioned silently to myself as to why he was wearing an all-black suit in the middle of a hot summer day. It had to be at least 110 degrees outside, and yet this man was dressed in, in all-black attire. The man looked young, no more than 33 at most. His hair was neatly fixed to the side. That was when I noticed his smile. A row of perfectly white teeth flashed a devilish grin in my direction. His teeth seemed to shine from the light of the burning sun. His eyes, however, held no light in them. It's mm. a demon. I was going to say, it's a demon. <laughs> they were, in a way, dead devoid of all human life, or any life for that matter. They were frightening, despite the fact that they held nothing in them. They were simply black orbs, lifeless, soulless, black orbs. You really shouldn't be playing so dangerously like that, young man. You could get quite hurt doing stunts like that. Why shouldn't I do stunts? It's fun. It's now fun. I... <laughs> <laughs> 
Now I do understand that I was only 10 at the time of this event, so the child in me prevailed in choosing the words that I would say to him. <laughs> why shouldn't you? Well, my dear boy, there's a very, very good reason as to why you shouldn't be so reckless. He said as his smile widened and his hand made a waving motion. You see, my dear boy, every time you do a stunt that dangerous, you are playing a game of life and death. In addition to that, every time you survive an encounter like that, what happened with the truck, you're not only playing with death itself, you are mocking him. I want to show you something. The man snapped his bony fingers, and in an instant, we were no longer on my neighborhood street. We were in some sort of Victorian age hotel room. In it sat a man, or rather several men, all gathered around a large oak table. In one of the man's hand was a Colt pistol. The men were drunk, and so it was hard to understand what they were babbling about through their slurred speech. But I did pick up something about a game they called Cheating Death. In reality, it was Russian roulette, but this game had a bit of a twist to it. Instead of just having one turn with the pistol, each man had two, meaning that you were not only mocking death, but in a way you were cheating him. Thus the name, Cheating Death. Mm -mm -mm. <laughs> no. Oh, yeah. I probably should have said a warning in the beginning. <laughs> One of the men, who was particularly drunk, shouted to the heavens, I don't fear you. I'll never fear you. May all praise me, who he who cheated death. The man was clearly confident in his ability to survive the game, but overconfidence is very dangerous quality for humans to have. The man died on the first shot. Oh, <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> kind of embarrassing. <laughs> right? <laughs> Everyone else in the room is like, okay. They're probably like, oh, fuck. <laughs> oh, did you guys hear what he said, though? <laughs> <laughs> Awkward. Suddenly, we were back in my neighborhood, but it was nighttime. The street was dark lighted only by whatever lights the people on the block had on their porches. I stared into the inky blackness of the still, silent night, only to find the man now shrouded in darkness, his features covered by night. No matter how much I focused my eyes, I could no longer make out the man's face. With each step I took towards him, he got further and further away. Just before he vanished from my sight, I heard his voice echo on the, the very wind itself. Don't cheat death, or death will cheat you. His voice was now low and menacing. He spoke as if he was foreshadowing some traumatic event or some fulfillment of some ancient prophecy. Of course, in the mind of a ten-year-old, none of this seemed too odd. I was beginning to think that it had all really just happened when I woke up drenched in a cold sweat from the intense experience. The next day, I was riding my bike on the street when I got my foot caught in the spokes of the back wheel after unsuccessfully attempting a wheelie. Wait. I, <laughs> I stumbled into the street and came face to face with the truck heading straight for me. Oh my god. The truck stuck mere inches from my face. The man helped me up and offered me a smile before getting into his car and driving away. Just as he did, he turned to me 
and revealed his black soulless eyes. You should be careful doing stuff like that out here. You're cheating death with that kind of recklessness. The fuck? You're probably going to hate me for telling you this, but that too was just a dream. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> About five years after the dreams, I was once again at my usual antics with my dangerous stunts. I still don't know what compelled me to have the idea I thought of next, but somehow the idea that I can make a game out of the stunts I was pulling popped into my head. At that point, I had completely forgotten about my dreams from before. I called the game Cheating Death. The objective of the game was to pull off dangerous stunt while doing so, mocking death as you went about doing your stunt. Nobody joined me, but several came to watch. All of them cheering and yelling things like, Nothing can stop him, not even death. One day, April 13th, 2004, to be precise, I happened to glance out of my adoring audience of fans only to find that something was off about one of the people. One boy who was positioned at the far back of the crowd of the people was looking at me with a look that I can only describe as sympathetic, like he felt pity for me for some bizarre reason. I ignored him and heard the crowd of the people yelling, Jackson cheated death. He beat death. Well, overconfidence is a very dangerous thing to have, and just as I believed the statement in my head, I lost my balance and crashed into the ground in defeat. I broke three bones that day, and the doctors say that it was a miracle of God that I am still alive. I have to agree. Needless to say, I quit my stunt career thereafter. It's now 2015, and I currently can no longer walk. My legs mysteriously stopped working last year and had to be amputated. Last uh, month... <laughs> your face. Mysteriously stopped working, and they're like, well, we could get him a wheelchair, or we could cut off his legs first. <laughs> okay. True. Weird. Maybe he just basically died. Last month... The doctors informed me that I had cancer. They gave me three months to live at most. Well, a month has gone by and the doctors tending to me came into my room last night. They told me they had some bad news. I'm sorry to have to tell you this, but the treatment hasn't helped slow the cancer. In fact, it sped up somehow. I'm sorry to tell you this, but you have less than a week to live. As they walked out of the room, I saw one of the doctors turn to me and look me dead in the eyes. His eyes, they were soulless, black orbs. At about midnight, I was awakened by the sound of heavy footsteps outside of my room. I heard the door open and close. I didn't need to wonder what would happen next. I never did see his face. But even as the tall, mangled shadow crept towards my hospital bed, I understood who it was. He whispered three little words in my ear before I flatlined. Nobody cheats death. Ew. <laughs> Cheating death is not impossible, but it does come at a heavy price. It is a risky game, and it could only yield failure or worse. I recommend you don't go trying to cheat death, but there are some among you who will still attempt this. I assure you it's futile, but nobody cheats death. 
Nobody cheats me. Oh, so then he became death after? <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like it. Until that last line, the the last paragraph about like, I assure you nobody will be able to cheat death. I'm like, okay, this part sounds like a PSA, but like a concerned parent being like, don't even try it. <laughs> but then I got back on track with the last last words. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what the fuck? Okay. Yeah. That was an Different. interesting one. Right. A concerned parent wrote this after watching the new Jackass movie. Like, <laughs> no more stunts. I don't even know if Jackass does shit like that. I feel like they just do, like, minor things that could fuck you up, not, like, death things. Yeah, they just do, like, stupid shit and get hurt, but I don't think they've ever done anything that could kill them. Yeah, they're just, like, punch each other in the balls or whatever. Yeah. The hot sauce in their eyes. That's it. <laughs> Mild stuff. True. Now, do you... Do you uh have you ever seen Hot Ones or whatever the show where they eat hot wings yeah, and ask the questions? Hot wings, yeah. Have you seen one of Stevo? No. He ends the episode by chugging all the hot sauce and then pouring it into his eye. Oh my god! <laughs> and just like screaming while he does, and I'm like, "Why are you this way?" <laughs> I can't say I'm not surprised. No, yeah, I, it was like I think it was like last year. It was interesting. Oh, bro. I'm like, please stop it. <laughs> All right. So, my story is called The Backrooms. And it doesn't say who it was by, but it was inspired by a post from 4chan. <laughs> it was approximately 1215 when I entered the Johnson County Community Health Clinic. I was there for an appointment I'd set up weeks ago, just a routine checkup. It wasn't a new place to me, I'd been there a couple times before. However, the place had an odd nostalgic feel to it, as if it were a location from my childhood or something, and I could never pinpoint exactly what this feeling was or where it came from. As I walked in, an overwhelming feeling of deja vu swept over me. The hum of the flickering fluorescent lights, the white tile flooring, the muted beige paint that colored the walls. I noticed there was a TV mount in the corner, a smaller flat screen that was playing a short PowerPoint slide on loops of ads and events that were being held by the clinic. I passed the empty waiting area, a small area of the main room with magazines, children's playthings, and blue cushioned chairs, and approached the woman at the front desk. She was sitting in her bluish-gray office chair, looking at a spreadsheet on the same Windows XP desktop they've had since 2008. There was a sign-in sheet on the counter in front of me. I have an appointment with Dr. Pevins, I asked. What time? 12.30, I replied. She began to tiesling into her keyboard. Ah, yes, she responded. Gary Johnston? Mm-hmm. Yes, I'll tell the doctor. Please fill this out. She handed me a clipboard, which held a simple fill-out form. I walked back to the waiting area, took a seat, and began to fill the form. I was about halfway done filling in my information when I slumped back into my chair. I hadn't gotten much sleep the night prior, and I was exhausted. As I slumped back, I noticed something very peculiar. My head never hit the wall. It felt like it went in. Quite frightened, I got up and looked at the wall. Nothing. Not a single hole or dent had been made in the wall by my head. So I reached to touch the wall, and my fingers went through it. I recoiled in shock. What the hell was that, I thought, as I reached to touch the wall again, only to find my fingers clipped through once more. Then suddenly I lost my balance, tripped, and fell directly through the wall. 
I fell face first onto some dirty tan carpeting. Upon getting back up, I realized I was in a completely different room. Well, not really a room per se, more so a set of rooms, all of which were connected by openings. The walls were covered in a gross tan pattern wallpaper. There was also an overwhelming stench of moist carpet. I turned back around and tried to put my hand through the wall, and it wouldn't go through. Okay, what the fuck, I muttered. I looked back into the room. There were no windows, no doors, nothing on the walls, other than that disgusting wallpaper, of course. It was completely empty, aside from a singular plastic blue school chair. At this point, the only thing going through my mind was fear, and the repeating thought of, I need to leave, on the loop in my head. I started running through the rooms, desperately trying to find an exit, but to no avail. There was no exit. Was this my permanent location until I died? No, there had to be a way out. I wasn't just going to be left here, right? Eventually, someone noticed that I was gone. But nobody did. Then, in the distance, I heard footsteps. But not those of a human. At least not a normal human. Alongside the footsteps was a gurgling snarl, like that of an angry animal. I began to run. I ran as fast as I could from whatever the hell was approaching me. I didn't want anything to do with it. I ran for what seemed like forever, but I was always back in the same room I started in. At least, it looked like the same room. Not that I could tell them apart. So I sat down, defeated. A feeling of dread filled my body as I started to cry. I was going to die here. I'm still here. I haven't left. I've accepted my fate. In fact, I could actually hear footsteps. I wonder who that is. The end. I There's a video that somebody made inspired oh, by no. this. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm going to I'm going to link it. You don't have to watch it right now, obviously, Raiden, but um, you have to watch it later. <laughs> it's creepy. I think I'll put it um, in the episode about. It's like a nine-minute video, but holy shit, I would recommend watching it, you guys. It freaked me the fuck out. Uh, yeah. I, yeah. It sounds freaky. It's cool. It's like found footage style. Oh. It's really well done. I think that like the person who made it too was like a teenager, so it's it's really good. <laughs> That's cool. I feel yeah. like a lot of people we should do that. Fucking make do little... this. Well, I mean, no, we can't. do I'm that. like, you see this, you're gonna see how I... high production this seems. <laughs> I don't have the talent, but that's pretty cool that people can do that. You know, like like oh, totally make a moving picture of a story. It's really well done. I don't know how the fuck they edited it or what. They even have like. I won't spoil it. Oh, let me they click have, on it though to save the link. Yes, it's really good. <gasps> I I watched the video before I read the story because it's kind of like I think that the post on 4chan is just like talking about like creepy rooms that have no doors and seemingly never ending. And then people got inspired by it and made it fucking scarier. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty cool though. It's super cool. Someone told me about on stream a while ago, and I didn't know there's a creepypasta related to it. So I wanted to like talk about it, but I was like, I don't really know what to say. So I'm glad <laughs> I was able to find this creepypasta. Day. That's cool. Yeah. All right. This one, my last story. It is titled, Don't Let the Cold Man In. The name. Is... Who's yelling? Do you hear yelling? Yes. Someone outside, dude. I think they stopped now. You can, they can't do this while reading Creepy Pasta, bro. I'm like, <laughs> what the fuck? It's the cold man. I'm scared. <laughs> I don't even know who he is, but it's the cold man. <laughs> Don't let him in. I had a dream last night 
It was the kind that seems real right up to the point where you wake up. Some things were strange about it. Certain things were really strange about it. But it never occurred to me that it might not actually be happening. I'm still not prepared to say that it didn't happen. I'm not spiritual and I don't really understand stuff like that. I just feel like I've been somewhere and now I'm back. And I know something really happened when I woke up. And I think while I was asleep too. I went to bed last night with a strange feeling. We all remember times when we felt like we were being watched, but this was more than that. I felt like there was someone there with me, but I still couldn't keep me from falling asleep. I don't exactly remember the beginning of the dream. The first thing I remember was staring at my house and walking. I was just walking down the road. All of my neighbor's houses were gone. I was just on a long, empty road, and there was no one around but me. I don't remember what I had been doing at my house before, but I may have been there a while before I started walking. I just recall feeling a strong urge to walk. I felt okay walking down that road. It was cold and dark, and I felt a little lost, but I wasn't afraid, not like I had been in my room. I don't know how long I was out on that road. It felt like a long time. I mean, like, days long. But I never felt tired, and I just wanted to keep walking. The road changed after a while. It had been straight and non, nondescript the whole time. But eventually I reached a bend, and then a fork in the road. When I reached the fork, I wasn't alone anymore. A familiar voice called out to me from the side of the road. It's good to see you, the voice whispered. I'm just sorry to see you here. I turned to face the voice, knowing who I would see. It was an old friend of from my childhood, someone I hadn't seen in years. He just looked a little different from how I remembered him, but not by much. He was older than when I saw him last, obviously, but he seemed at least a few years younger than me somehow even though we were supposed to be the same age. He was also very pale, unbelievably white, in fact, and he had deep circles around his eyes that were solid blue, as were his lips. What are you doing here? I asked. I'm here to warn you, he replied. Naturally, I was all ears. There's a man in your house right now, he explained. What do you mean there's a man in my house? I was just there. I think. I didn't actually know how long ago I had been there. I wasn't sure how long I had been walking. You don't understand, my friend stammered, with apparent urgency. He's really in your house right now. I had no idea what he was talking about, but I was curious. Who is he? I asked him. He is the cold man. He comes to people at night when they are afraid. The cold man? I've never heard of anyone like that before. I want to know more, so I asked, what does he do? He waits to be noticed, then he makes his move. You know that chill you feel on your back when something really scares you? That's not just nerves, that's him standing behind you. What for, I wondered. What does he do once you notice him? My friend looked down in a way he wouldn't answer that question. Just don't let him in, he cautioned. What do you mean? 
He can be close forever, my friend explained. He'll rock around your house at night, even stand in your room while you're asleep. Like he is in yours right now. He can know where you are. He can even be looking right at you. But he won't find you unless you let him in. How does he find you, I mean? How do you let him? My friend looked to either side of the road like he was worried someone might overhear. He leaned in very close and whispered, If you see him, if you hear him, or if you even start to feel suddenly very cold, don't move, don't talk to him, don't acknowledge him, don't ever let him in. I don't understand, I admitted. How do I get rid of him? You can't, my friend replied in a small shuddering voice. Look, I'm out of time. Out of time, I repeated, not sure what he meant exactly. My friend shook his head. His eyes were wide and he was shivering. Off in the distance, I noticed a dark figure creeping up behind him, but something kept me from speaking. My time is up, he stammered. Just whatever you do, don't let him in, and whatever you do, don't answer it. Something pulled my friend into the darkness, and suddenly I couldn't see him anymore. Before I could follow after him, though, I was startled awake by a loud noise. I was sitting in my room, fully dressed with my shoes on. I could swear I wasn't dressed when I went to bed. My shoes and legs were covered in dust, my feet were sore, and I could hear a ringing noise right next to me. In confusion of waking up from such a vivid dream, I didn't Im immediately recognize it. I felt so cold. Then I looked down and saw my phone. That was the source of ringing. Remembering my friend's words, I didn't answer it. Eventually, it just stopped ringing. The room was cold as ice. The feeling that I was being watched was as strong as it had been when I had fallen asleep. I could hear something moving inside my closet, but I dared not move. I just closed my eyes and waited. Eventually, I heard footsteps walking away from the inside of the closet. It was as if they were walking down some unseen hallway. Eventually, I heard footsteps walking away, still from inside my closet. It was as if they were walking down some unseen hallway, though my closet is small and I couldn't see anything unusual in there. When the footsteps got far enough away, the cold lifted. He didn't get in this time. If my dream was true, if the thing in my closet was who I think it was, I must never let him in. I think he'll be back tonight, though. That's when he's supposed to come, as my friend told me. I don't know what happened to my friend, but I just hope people will remember his warning. If you start to feel cold while reading this, don't be alarmed. If you hear something in your house, just ignore it. You can't afford to let him find you. Don't let in the cold man. <laughs> I don't like the ones that are like, if you feel cold, I'm like... Suddenly I feel cold. <laughs> Suddenly I got the shivers. Literally. <laughs> ew. Ew, ew. Okay, well, I'm going to ignore any noise I ever hear again in the future. <laughs> cool. Well, yeah, that's, that's it for this episode. With that little warning for everyone. Mm -hmm. Good lord. Uh, cool. That's fun to think of. But <laughs> yeah. Did you have anything else you wanted to add? Thank you guys for listening. 
Thank you. I should have beat you to it. Ha ha. Ha ha ha. Beat me every week. Ha ha ha. I am also thankful. <laughs> and uh, this episode's actually coming on my birthday. So happy birthday, future Michelle. Happy birthday, Michelle. Thanks. Future Michelle. I know nothing of this yet. Oh, yes. <laughs> when you listen on your birthday, happy birthday. Yeah. Thank you. I'm sure I will appreciate that later. <laughs> All right. Well, if anyone wants to email us, you could send us some of your favorite creepypasta because, yeah, we could we could always find more. <laughs> Our email is thespookyshit.pod at gmail.com. Our Twitter and Instagram are spookyshit underscore pod and our website is spookyshit-pod.com. I'm also, I'm going to be including a link to that YouTube video in the episode info, so you guys should all check it out. It's like nine minutes, which I know feels like a while, but it's worth it to me. I'm the most lazy with watching videos, and I thought that this was worthwhile, so that's saying something. True. <laughs> but yeah, I uh, appreciate you all listening, and we'll catch you on the flippity flippity. Bye. Goodbye. That hurt.